Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 425. Today is August 31st, 2023. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, hey, real quick today, I wanted to get in a short episode that reiterated my concerns about the state of the global economy. Today, I'm going to focus exclusively on Germany. But what I say in terms of Germany is really applying to much of the global market in terms of an anemic economy. And it's going to vary from developed nations to developing nations and markets that are based more on major exporters than on domestic consumption. But still, in a nutshell, the conditions that Germany is experiencing right now is pretty symbolic of what's going on with the slowdown in the global economy. And I need to preface with what I'm about to say with a trigger warning that my comments about Germany are not detrimental in any way, nor are they promoting Germany in any way. I only mention this because no matter what I say, it's going to displease someone. If I happen to say something positive about the economy of South Korea, then I'll hear from people that ask, why do I hate North Korea? So bottom line with everything I do in the podcast I talk about subjects that interest me and what I'm thinking about the economy and the things that I do with my own personal money. I'm not here to satisfy any particular individual or ideology or frame of reference. Take what I say with a grain of salt. If you don't like it, there are tens of thousands of other podcasts that would like to have you listen. Even in terms of my professional money management business, I plainly state in there My firm does not try and do all things for all people. And if it doesn't work for you, well, I wish you the best in finding the service that fits your needs from another provider. It's a little side note, digression there for those of you that are in your own business. Pick your markets, pick your niches carefully, and don't try and be all things to all people. Hey, but in any case, what about the economy of Germany? What's going on right now in Germany? Well, there's a number of long-term trends that have been coming to a confluence that are part of the slowdown in the economy of Germany, but the largest element that's had the most profound impact as of late, and I'm talking over the last 18 months, has been the price of natural gas as Germany had to cut its reliance on Russian natural gas. And so as a result of that, their energy costs have skyrocketed. Now, they came down significantly from the prices that we saw In the early stages of the Ukraine conflict, this would have been around March through June or July of last year. And then nature really threw a soft pitch to Germany and all of Europe when they had a very mild winter in the 2022-2023 winter season. Now, that's not guaranteed that they will have another mild winter this year. So that could still be a problem. But what they've been able to do to buffer the reliance on Russian natural gas is that they've constructed a number of liquefied natural gas terminals that, for the most part, are going to provide a high level of the natural gas capacity that they've needed. Now, it's going to come at a higher price, and there could be some glitches or hiccups along the way because it's not as assured as just a single pipeline. But those things are in place, and I want to step back here a second and kind of point out that early on in the Ukraine war, when Germany made the decision to cut its reliance on Russian natural gas. There were a lot of gloom and doom people that automatically predicted that the whole German economy was going to collapse because they wouldn't have access to natural gas and to build the pipelines 
or to build the liquefied natural gas terminals, you know, would take way too long and the whole economy would just collapse. Well, those doomsday scenarios rarely ever work out because, as you heard me say many times, markets adjust and people adapt. And the doomsayers that were saying that it was going to take between five years to maybe a decade to get the infrastructure built to bring on the liquefied natural gas have just been totally wrong. And in fact, in less than 10 months, Germany was able to get three fully functional floating natural gas terminals up and running. It didn't take five to 10 years. It took less than a year. And that's because markets adjust and people adapt, meaning that all the normal constraints that we have on society, they're self-inflicted. Individuals and corporations and institutions know how to build and do things. It's just in many ways they're hampered by regulations and requirements, both legislatively and culturally. Well, when Germany realized that they were going to freeze to death and their economy was going to come to a halt, they threw out all the red tape. And so what would normally take five to ten years to build because of environmental impact statements and building permits and public hearings and negotiations of material and labor contracts and, you know, on and on infinitum, the red tape minutia that is required for virtually every decision in a major construction project in a developed nation now, well, they threw all that caution to the wind and literally overnight began building these three liquefied natural gas terminals. And as I say, they were up and running by December of last year. And to carry on with that infrastructure build, Germany has since commissioned on-land terminals And pretty much by the time we get into probably 2026, 2027, they will have more storage capacity onshore than they ever did with their reserves prior to what happened with the Ukraine war. So I digressed a little bit there, but whenever you hear these gloom and doom prophecies and everything that assumes something's going to happen in a static nature, well, that's not the way the world works. Markets adjust, people adapt. Ah, in any case, maybe this isn't going to be a short episode after all. So, German economy. They had a huge spike in the price of natural gas and the availability of natural gas. So they had to go back and revamp all their environmental programs and their net zero carbon initiatives, and they started burning coal again. And for a limited time, they also kept their two or three nuclear reactors up and running. But even with all that, price was 10 times higher than it had been. The way the German government adapted to this problem was they came in with huge subsidies. And when I say huge, I mean, I've seen figures that are definitely in excess of 90%, if not all the way up to energy subsidies that absorbed maybe as much as 99% of that additional cost that was going to hit either the consumer or the corporation. Well, that was absorbed by the taxpayers because it was funded and subsidized by the government of Germany. And that is still in place today. Now, prices are no longer 10 times what they were, but they're still higher than they were pre-Ukraine crisis. And those extra prices are continuing to be subsidized by the German government. And all that additional spending has resulted in a nation that is generally very frugal and has extreme debt avoidance. Well, it's caused them now to be hitting all-time historic debt levels. And that shows no sign of decreasing. 
because now in addition to subsidizing the energy costs, they've had a general economic slowdown, and so they have to more fully fund their social programs and any transition to help workers and corporations shift away from the traditional energy sources and some of the traditional manufacturing methods that they used. You have to remember that Germany is a major global producer of chemicals and pharmaceuticals. Those are not only energy intensive, but they also require petrochemicals and a lot of things like natural gas as a raw material ingredient to begin with. So there's a whole lot of reformulation and rethinking of the future of German manufacturing And that's before you even throw in the transition to electric vehicles and things of that nature. So the German economy is going through major flux changes at a time when their energy costs are high and when government debt is ever increasing. Those higher costs to corporations and the loss of productivity as they transition into different industries or tweak their industries or retool them, along with decreasing worker productivity and output, is obviously increasing the price of their finished goods. That's making German products less competitive on the international level. And so, again, that further compounds the slowdown in the German economy. You couple that with the fact that we are not seeing a rebound in the Chinese economy. And so, all the exports that would be going into China from Germany, and these are high-priced, high-technical items, things like precision machinery, and luxury products, all those are in decline as the Chinese economy can either no longer to afford to buy the luxury products on a consumer level, nor can their companies afford or have the demand to buy the new machinery or the high-tech components to run their manufacturing lines to produce goods because there's, again, just a general slump in overall exports around the globe. And so all these events have merged together They're creating a very weak economy in Germany, and depending upon what economist you talk to or who's trying to justify the economy, the Germans are either in a recession or have been in and out or near a recession for the last seven or eight months or so. If you follow my blog post, I've made reference to this before about how Germany is experiencing something similar to what the United States went through back during the Arab oil embargo in the 1970s. That's when the U.S. went through a long period of what was called stagflation. And a lot of people have said that that's likely the outcome of what we're going to be living through now. I looked at this from a different perspective, and I think specifically to Europe and definitely with Germany, rather than seeing a stagflation, I don't know if anybody's coined the term or not, but I call it conflation. Because it's not stagnant economy with inflation, it's a contracting economy with inflation. So, at a time when German's economy has not only slowed down, but is possibly in recession and decreasing, they are still experiencing excess of inflation. And I'm talking about in terms right now, the latest numbers that come out, the German inflation is at 6.4%. So you combine the slowdown in growth with the ever-increasing amount of inflation and the fact that Germany is suffering, just like all of Europe, with a demographic time bomb, where their baby boomers are all rapidly headed to retirement and they don't have enough younger workers to support the social welfare system to take care of the retirees. In a nutshell, what we're seeing in Germany, to one extent or another, is impacting all countries. I bring all this up because I'm constantly hearing about 
how bad the United States is, how bad our economy is, how we're doomed, and all this stuff about, you know, Richmond, north of Richmond, and, well, you know what? Things are tough all around the world. And in general, they always have been. There's always problems, but there are also solutions, and the people that come up with solutions become the winners. And so my message to you is whether you're looking at investing in individual companies or whether you're looking at investing in yourself, rather than going along with the crowd and focusing on all the negativity, spend your time and your efforts in productive activities because there always will be productive and profitable activities. So invest in those companies and invest in yourself as an individual so you can participate in those areas that are creating products and services because as long as there are at least one human on the earth, there will always be demand for products and services. And one final point, and I'll throw out some investing ideas here just in terms of the broad stock market. This downturn in the German economy won't last forever. There are huge German conglomerates that have literally, some of them, been in existence for 100 or 150 years. They have survived the devastation of two world wars, Weimar Republic inflation, the genocide and Holocaust associated with the Nazis, the dividing of the country that occurred after World War II with the Iron Curtain and the Berlin Wall, and then the eventual reunification of the country and the associated cost that the West had to absorb to bring the East into their economy. And through all those events and many more, Guess what? These big multinational conglomerate companies, they've survived. And if I were a betting man, I'd bet that more than half of them will survive the current problem, if not 100% of them. I bring this up because from an investment standpoint, if you're looking to buy the dip, I'm not encouraging you to do that. Personally, right now at this point, I'm not. I'm keeping my powder dry. But if you wanted to go bottom fishing for a deal in German equities, the simplest way to play that would be to invest in the ETF, EWG, that's Echo Whiskey Golf. That index is currently hovering just above its 200-day moving average. And then I'm going to run down a list in no particular order of some major German companies. Every one of them is trading either right at or below their 200-day moving average. And that would include companies like Merck, BMW, Henkel, BASF, Siemens, and finally Bayer, which is trading well below its 200-day moving average. So as always, I'm not making recommendations there. I'm currently not putting my money in any of those at this time point, but there's some ideas for you. And I think some or all those companies will be good long-term holdings. Well, time will tell. And until then, as always, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.